So who is, who is the leader? The, the leader is the COVID or leader is the organizations or the leader is the leader in the organizations because so many things happened uh, during the COVID and we could all of these things before the COVID, but we didn't do that. Welcome back to the Venture Business Podcast from the Venture Business Network. This podcast is aimed to provide useful information and experiences from venture business members, always with the sole purpose of helping SMEs and venture members to get a better understanding of how people are running their businesses today. As always, I'm your host, Rob Fitzhugh from FilmSmart Pro, and this week we have a great chat with Marcel Zabo and his business, The Impactor. We chat about his journey to setting up his business, coming all the way from Hungary, and the questions we need to ask ourselves to be effective leaders. Yeah, um, I'm a coach. Uh, I'm a trainer, a business trainer. Uh, So I've been working as a coach for for more than five years now uh, in in the business sector. Uh, I usually work with with uh, multinational companies and uh, middle-sized companies, and my main field is uh, working with leaders with leadership topics uh, like decision making, responsibility, change, change culture, and so on and so on. Uh, big projects, small small personal projects. Uh, so mainly mainly the leadership leadership topics. And can I ask you, how did you end up? What was your story? How did you end up where you are today? Was it, hmm. was this, I mean, were you working in, were you a leader yourself at one point? Uh, yeah. How, how yeah thanks. You... Thanks. Thanks for telling me that uh, it's, it's a very, very interesting sentence uh, because I think we, we lead ourselves first. So uh, I definitely, I lead myself. I manage myself first. Uh, and and that's the that's the entering point for for leading others and managing uh, others. My story is very very interesting because I uh, originally I'm a musician, a flutist. Oh, cool. Uh, and um, my life is so colorful uh, because I I was a horse trainer, uh, para sport trainer, uh, and. Um, my story is uh, I, I originally from Hungary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I've been uh, I lived there, uh, and my my life was really really good there. So we had a we had a big house, two hectares fields, uh, five horses, two dogs, two cats, uh, two cars, good work, good job, everything you know. Yeah. Uh, but one day I I just woke up. Uh, and realize that I know what will happen in that day. And I know what will happen the next day and the next week, next month. Uh, and to be honest, I realize that I see everything, you know, just the beer on my stomach and just yeah. watching TV as an old man. And that was the point when I said, I, I'm just, I'm just boring. Yeah. And and let's do something else. Uh, and now I've been living in Ireland for five years. I have a 18 years old car. 
I have no horses, <laughs> no because, but I have a pretty wonderful life. Nice. With a lot of excitement, uh, good business. Uh, at the time, everything in the cloud, you know what I mean? Yeah. So my, my money and hopes and wishes and, and everything. Uh, but I, I never changed my life, my previous five years. Yeah, you 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 wouldn't you wouldn't no. trade it you wouldn't trade it for the big house and the multiple. Yeah, I would. We could have swapped lives straight away. We could have just done a straight <laughs> swap. I would have taken your house in in Hungary. And what was the transition like? I you you decided you wanted to do something different. And and what was it? What was what drew you to what it is you do now? In those five years, what was it that said I'm going to do this? I I think that the point uh, of change was the comfort. Uh, I, I wouldn't like to live my life in a comfortable way. Uh, mm. And that was the reason that I changed my life. Uh, and I think I, I love changes. Uh, and this is my profession as well. How can I deal with changes? Um, and, you know, when I arrived to Ireland, uh, I wasn't able to get a coffee because of my English. Oh. So I, I didn't know. I, I didn't understand anything at all. And it was a pretty, pretty, um, it was very, 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 um, how can I say, a big frustration for me. If you lose your understanding, like words, it's, it's a very, very confusing thing. But after a while, uh, I... It was very interesting to discover another type of feeling and observation that I pretty understand everything without words. Mm -hmm. And I discover uh, an absolutely different life, a different environment without words, like a nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that was the time uh, two years ago, when I got my master certified uh, um, coach, I I I I I got the master certified uh, coaching certification at mm -hmm. the uh, International Coaching Federation, and I think that was the reason that I discovered uh, this uh, this feeling. How can I deal with without without words and understanding yeah it's like it's like adapting a uh it's like it's like adapting a sense do you know what I mean like you 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 lose your sense of 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 of, of sight but you might in, you improve your sense of smell or something like that yeah. so you 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 lose one thing and you you then use something else to to, to kind of get mm -hmm. around it and um, mm -hmm. so so why ireland just out of curiosity how come you decided to come here just out of of all the places you could go you will kill me, but uh, I think because of the weather. <laughs> yes, I will kill you. <laughs> so, so I, I like this weather. Yeah. Uh, uh, this this constant, you know, between zero and and so twenty. You're, so you're a sadist. You're. Uh, you're, you're <laughs> no. yeah. Because it's green, because mm -hmm. of the culture. 
because Ireland is between US and Europe. So this is a very, very good starting point for, for jump to another place. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's all I think. And in terms of, um, in terms of, because uh, I'm very interested now, you, 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 you came from Hungary to here. In terms of business here and the business environment here, because I'd imagine you work with a lot of business owners, you work with a lot of teams and things like that. Do you think it's drastically different to at home? Do you think the ethos, the mindset is different? I'd be interested to know, is there, you know... That's, or, a, that's a good expression, yeah. that drastically different. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think in, in Hungary, you have to push your, your chest first mm -hmm. and be a little bit more aggressive in the business yeah. and pushy. Uh, but here in Ireland, uh, it's very, very, very interesting to me. And uh, to be honest, I need to learn this way that first we need to build up a very high trust level. And if we have the trust level, just everything just happens yeah. so quickly. It's it's funny you say that because pushy and aggressive are, are two words I would not use to describe Irish no. businesses no, uh, or business owners uh, because we wouldn't be very, um, I, I would feel collectively, we wouldn't be the most pushy and aggressive. Mm. And, the, and, the, and, and the funny thing I found in my experience in business over the years is it's those rare people, Irish people who are pushy and aggressive who generally tend to get what they want uh, because they're the ones, they're, they're, they're so far, few and far between that sometimes they, they, gen, they, they tend to, they ask for something, they get it. And a lot of times other Irish owner, business mm -hmm. owners would be like, oh, I wouldn't ask or, I'll kind of wait to be recognized maybe um, for my work. And, and, and sometimes it, it helps just to ask. But in terms of, of, of this idea of, 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 of building a level of trust, have you found that with business owners, even working with you and approaching them, that you need to, to build up a level of trust with business owners? Mm, you know, we have, we have two different um, business development here. Mm -hmm. uh, we we managing a news platform as well. Uh, but it's it's my wife's project, uh, and we have so many good relationship in Ireland. Uh, but it took time, very long time, to build up this trust. Yeah. Uh, so many conversations, so many situations. Uh, but after a point, it's it's so good to see that everything just happening so quickly and easy and just the doors just opening everywhere yeah it's very uh, some people always say in ireland is about who you know and yeah. and if you know the right people then everything becomes a lot easier and it, and sometimes it's it it's less about the quality of the work not that the work quality is inferior but i mean you could break your heart doing all the work under the sun and if you don't shake the right hand meet the right person have the right conversation build that right level of trust yeah you and the words nowhere. of mouth yeah yeah uh, yeah and then people you meet the right people and people say oh you got to work with these people and then mm -hmm. it, you, you, a lot of especially if you're a small business owner a lot of time it's based on on peer-to-peer -peer reviews you know someone saying hey this person did me a favor contact mm -hmm. this person and then if somebody else vouches for you that's gold in itself that's a currency in and of itself and yeah. and in terms of the type of stuff that you do you, you say you talk a lot about change management and things like that what kind of stuff day to day would you deal with in terms of working with with various businesses especially i'm very interested around the area of change management mm -hmm. and things like that 
Yeah, I think I think it's not about business. Mm -hmm. It's about it's about words. It's about our life, and change is not easy. It's a very very hard thing for for everyone uh, because we need to to understand uh, ourselves first, and understanding it's it's not an easy thing. For example. Um, if I ask you, how are you? How are you feeling? That's a loaded question. Yeah, just, <laughs> just what's your answer? Oh, you, you did no, because nobody nine times out of ten, nobody actually really asks wants to know how you're doing. But it's just the usually the usually uh, the the answer is oh, fine, thanks, good, not good. But if I ask them that what what does it mean? What does it mean to you, good or not good, or I'm fine or not fine? They don't know because we don't know. We have no connection with ourselves. So there is no, uh, no understanding. How, how am I feel myself? I have no, uh, words for it. Mm -hmm. I cannot translate how, how I feel myself. But if you don't, if you, if you are not able to recognize them, that you are not able to make a connection with your needs understand yeah. so it's 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 so if you if you there's there is no translation and if you don't know your needs uh you you're just disappearing in in the business because i think usually uh everyone in the business looking for something very useful tool or tools but we need to understand that we are the tool First, we are the tool. So, for example, it's a it's a very simple thing. Uh, if I say, if I know that uh, I would say for for something a yes or no, I know what I have to say. But sometimes I'm not able to say a no for something, mm -hmm. and I don't know why. I just I I just not able to say a no. But I know that I, I should I say. would I, I should say no. Yeah. But I am able to say no. So how can I deal with myself first to understand why I am not able to say a no or a yes? So if if I came to you and I was like myself, listen, I need help because I'm doing a lot of work uh, that is unnecessary and I'm unable to say no to it. And I know that I should, but I keep doing it, I keep taking it on board. What would you suggest or what would be a, an approach that you could give me to make me think outside the box a little bit and nothing. To make nothing 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 i i would ask you a lot of questions yeah because the solution in yourself not in not in myself yeah so uh i think we know everything as a person but we have many many you know sh shields front of me and between us and I, firstly, I, I, I have to understand why I'm doing this. For, um, can, I, can I do uh, an experiment with you? Yes, I love experiments. Go. Not, okay. Yes, go for okay. it. Just, please, just stand up. All right, okay. Stand up physically. Yeah. Okay, thank you. And sit down. Okay, very good. Well done. Stand up. 
again is this, physically. Is, this how, is this how yeah. susceptible i am to uh yeah okay and sit down this is very good docile i am <laughs> yeah okay and stand up it's good this turned into a cardio workout now. okay yeah and sit down could you tell me where's the end of the story so how many times can i say to you that stand up and sit down Honestly, I'd probably do it maybe four more times before I'd start questioning why we're doing it. And then I'd probably do it three more times after okay. that and be like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Okay. And, and it's very, could be very interesting. Why, why, why have, why did you stand up at the first time? Honestly, I would, to be honest with you, is it, is it as a, as a react from my personality, I would, I would do because you asked me. Yeah. You, I would, I would do it because you asked me, and it's in the context of what we're talking about. If you were a stranger, I didn't know, and you came up and told me to do it, I'd be like, "No, I don't know who you so are." I am not a stranger. No, and there's a there's a relationship there, and there's a context there. So I'm willing to trust you enough to go along with something to a point. Okay, and what was the reason for the second time? Again, I assumed, like most things, it was a rule of three, and there was going to be a point at the end of the second. So or there third was an one. assumption. There's an assumption there. I trust you enough to do what you're asking me to do, and there's an assumption there that you're going somewhere with it. And what what was with the third time? Oh, I, I don't know. Autopilot, autopilot, <laughs> and I assumed. I like most things, it comes in threes. So I assumed beyond three, there was going to be an answer. When you get to the fourth and fifth time, and then it just starts to feel like you're taking the piss. But yeah, I would assume in and around the second or third time, there's going to be a conclusion or some sort of end goal or destination or some sort of you know eureka moment that i'll realize okay so this is very interesting what would happen if you if you don't stand up because you have a lot of uh, assumption that you pull in for your for, from your past mm -hmm. and you uh and you just uh do it again and your your past mm -hmm. and how can you change it so what do you need to change it? Because I think we always or, or just usually do the same, same things mm -hmm. that we are pulling from the past, from our childhood, from, from our past. And it was r real or not so real, but we, we just pulling the data from there. So if I tell you something, I need to do something. But what if, if you don't do the thing yeah so how can i then and what does it mean trust and how can you how can you translate how can you articulate trust so what does it mean trust between between us so that that's my work uh, just just working uh, actions and help you to understand who you are who am i uh, and what does it mean trust relationship action uh, have to do should we do and how can we make reactions uh with needs or for needs yeah it's interesting because the alt an alternative scenario there would be you asked me to stand up and instead i did before i did it i asked you why i asked you explain to me why i'm doing this what, yeah, what is but, the reason for you, it what's the conclusion for it but i didn't and the reason i didn't yeah. do it is because again it comes back to element of trust and mm -hmm. also i think generally people for the most part, depending on the types of personality types you are, mm -hmm. will be quite accommodating, especially if it's not hugely inconvenient 
for you. But, now, if you if your request was, hey, I need you to run downstairs, go outside, you know, if it required something that was more physically strenuous or required more mental thought, that might lead me to be like, well, hold on a minute, I'm investing an awful lot of myself in this and I don't know why. What you've asked me to do is quite basic. Um, so I'm willing to trust that, you know, there's a point to it. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, the alternative would be, I would ask you for a breakdown of, of what, what results I will get from this. But uh, in my experience, particularly around Irish culture as well, we generally tend to be quite docile and quite uh, pleasing people. Um, mm-hmm. So we generally tend to do what we're asked uh, for the most part. But mm-hmm. it is interesting to think outside the box. I wouldn't have thought of that. I wouldn't have thought, I would have just assumed that you're asking me because there's a point to it and I'll do what you're telling me to do to get to that point. Yeah, yeah. Just, just one more one more thought that uh, in the organizations, uh, it, it could be very interesting to talk about trust mm-hmm. because what if, uh, I I ask people do something, and ask why, because I because there is a trust. So we use trust in a way, but what if if we change the way of trust, and we talk about trust to understand how can we deal with trust and what does it mean in an organization, in a culture, in different cultures. And trust means a completely different thing in India, in Ireland, mm. and in Hungary. But what if, if there are uh, more, more uh, coming, coming people uh, from different cultures? And we as, as leaders, we definitely need to have a conversation about trust. How can we deal with trust from different cultures? Yeah, and I, I do agree. And I, I remember a previous conversation I had with somebody about, especially about working in, and I used to work in large businesses. Um, they're not exactly, there's a uh, there's a, a bureaucracy and a hierarchy, um, which generally tends to lead to a lack of information that filters across teams and across levels. And when, with any scenario, if there's no information, then generally misinformation or people's personalities or people's opinions or people's insecurities will fill those gaps. So when you're talking about trust in a business, I've generally found from my experience working in large businesses mm. that they generally tend to breed mistrust because mm. people assume that people are, you know, people's own insecurities factor into it. And you're talking about different cultures and what they view and how they see actions and reactions. So generally there tends to be this kind of idea of, well, this person is doing this because when in actual fact, nobody's having this conversation about trust, nobody's having this understanding of where everyone's at and people are filling in those gaps with their own insecurities and their own opinions and their own views Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and then sharing them around and it ends up breeding, especially in a, in a, in a toxic workplace environment. Have you actually, that's a curious question. Have you ever had to, to go in and, and, and and assist in a particularly toxic environment in terms of, of, of every day? Really? Yeah. And would this be like renowned toxic or would it be you're in there and you realize, holy crap, this is actually a very toxic workplace? The very funny thing, and and I think it is not funny, that people who are in in the toxic culture, they don't know this toxic. Yes, I would. Yeah, I would. It's like everything. It's like being brainwashed when you work somewhere. Absolutely. Eight eight hours a day there. And it's only when you leave and you go, holy crap, that was actually a terrible place to work. Um, yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that um, you know, just involving different cultures to the organization, even like a small organization, it could be very, very, very useful for everyone. How can we learn 
uh, from each other, uh, from different cultures. Can you actually, uh, just a curiosity, just to highlight that point, can you give me an example or would there be an example of something in a workplace in Hungary and something in a workplace in Ireland, maybe that would be perceived differently? You know what I mean? Like an element of change, not even hungry, even a different nationality, even a different thing. Something that's kind of like, you know, well, you know, in India, it this is makes perfect sense. But in Ireland, we perceive that as. Um, I wouldn't like to lie to you. Uh, yeah. So to be honest, I have no so many data uh, about yeah. the Irish Irish uh, work work environment and yeah. work, workspaces. Uh, but. I think uh, in Hungary, it's it's a, it's a common problem that they don't know different cultures. Yeah. And like they they live in a bubble. Yeah. Uh, and that's the truth, you know. Yeah. The common truth. Uh, and there are so many beliefs. Uh, and the the problem uh, with beliefs that every belief after a while uh, being a, a conviction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it reinforces that. It stops that, becoming... the reality. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's become like your frame of mind. Yeah. Um, and, you're, and, and then you, you surround yourself with people, you deliberately or indeliberately surround yourself with people who help reinforce that belief. Um, and then it becomes conviction. And I, and to be honest with you, even outside a workplace, I, I think that's the way the world is going in general. Uh I remember. I, agree. I, I don't know if you use. I agree. I don't know if you use Clubhouse at all. There was a. Uh, I was on Clubhouse the other day. I accidentally pushed a button on my phone and I ended up on Clubhouse. And I, I won't give the nature of the conversation because it's a different thing. But basically, the title of the conversation was a somewhat slamming kind of. It was. It was a somewhat sexist. I would find it was a very broad generalization. And here you had a bunch of people in a room, but there was no debate. I mean, it was structured like a debate, but it wasn't. It was a bunch of people reinforcing the title over and over and over again. And I felt like I felt compelled. I didn't do it in the end, but I felt compelled to say somebody needs to step in and not argue with these people because I have a background in debating. So when I grew up, I was on debating teams and I love constructive arguments. I like, you know, I don't want to fight with people, but I like challenging people's Mm -hmm. preconceived notions and and offering different suggestions of that. But, um, and I was like, I got to join in here. But you, you, I realized very quickly that I can't impact these people that, you know, they, they, this is, this is their mindset and me, a stranger wandering in and offering an alternative value or alternative perspective out of nowhere with no construct, no build up, no, nothing couldn't impact these people at all. Mm. And straight away, I'd be like a virus. Do you know what I mean? I'd be yeah. pushed out. Yeah. They'd yeah. attack me. No, there's no way this guy is challenging the way we think. And, and for all intents and purposes, I could be wrong as well. Do you know what I mean? But it just seemed like, there was a, a vacuum of debate and it was just people reinforcing what they thought. Yeah, um, it, and yeah, and so, that's, that happens in the workplace. And I, I, I and I've seen it happen in the workplace. Yeah, and, and I think, I think it, it, in a way it's absolutely normal because mm-hmm. we, we need uh, titles and yeah. boxes mm-hmm. because if there is no boxes, we just, you know, panic. Uh, yeah. You need, you need some sort even the perceived illusion of structure, the perceived absolutely. Illusion. Of I'm, you know, I mean, they used to give out promotions and jobs. And the promotions Absolutely. didn't mean but, anything, but it was an escalation. It was a, a reward of some description. It was an acknowledgement. Um, and and yeah. one of the things that happened from that culture was is that there was no transparency around that process. There was no transparency around how somebody gets this box ticked or how they get this title. So again, 
people's beliefs and insecurities fill that gap and said, oh, I'm not getting it. And this person gets this because, and again, it breeds this element of area of mistrust. And really it was down to transparency and without transparency, there was no trust. But you, you're using so many expressions like transparency, but we don't know what does it mean in an organization, transparency. So what does it mean? Can I, can I say to you, uh, how was my, my sex with my wife? So that, that means uh, transparency? Or well, that's what, true. What yeah, yeah that, that, that's too much information. But you would be surprised in the workplace. Some people will tell you that. But um, the, 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 I, I, see, I know what you mean. I see what you mean as in like who decides what full transparency is and who doesn't and, and where does that stop and where does it start and where does it end? Um, I, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we need more time to understand each other and especially ourselves first. And the biggest problem nowadays that we have no time and this is only an assumption and the beliefs that we have no time. It's only belief. Yeah, again, uh, but again, if, yeah. if we had time to understand uh, ourselves, it would be a, a, a great, you know, just the jumping point to to, to manage and handle different things in my environment. I, I think actually with the pandemic, I think certain people, certain industries, not everyone, obviously for a lot of private sector workers, life didn't change. But I think some people had the luxury of that time for the first time in their entire lives to say, well, hold on a minute, I don't actually enjoy what I do. Or you're talking about this toxic environment. It was a forced people out of that toxic environment. Can, I, can I ask you something? Yeah. Why, why, why did we uh, head to this uh, COVID for that? So who is the, who is the leader? The, the leader is the COVID or leader is the organizations or the leader is the leader in the organizations because so many things happened uh, during the COVID and we could all of these things before the COVID but we didn't do that. Yeah, For example, and, and, home office. We 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 could do home office before COVID, but we didn't. And, and now it's yeah. absolutely normal to yeah. use home office. And what's happening now that it, it this normal won't be normal after COVID. So who is who is the leader? I, it I would, seems the COVID the leader. I would argue COVID is a leader. And I would I would I, I I can only use my own experiences, but I worked in a business for years and they really pushed against working from home. Um, and it was really because from my experience, it was really because they had a, a big business move slow. They had a lot of people in specific positions who'd been there for years and they hadn't had to work from home. It was a lot. I'll give you an example. When I was younger, I wanted my uh, father to let me get insured on the car to drive because insurance is quite expensive. And my dad's answer, which is a purely logical answer for him and his experiences was, no, nobody ever paid for insurance for me. I had to do it myself. So, so will you. But the problem with that is, is that when he went to get insurance and when I went to get insurance, the entire landscape of life had changed. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't the same as when he was a child and he couldn't see it my way and I couldn't see it his way. So I found when I worked in a larger business, a lot of people would say, listen, it makes more sense if I work from home. But a lot of the people making the decisions were like, no, that won't work. It's never the idea of working from that's nonsense. Do you know, we need people in the office to justify having an office. You probably won't work at home. You'll probably sit and watch TV. When in actual fact, 
COVID comes in, which is the leader in this scenario and forces people out of their comfort zone. And then they learn some things like most things, would they have sat down and looked at the data for working at home and said, you know what, you know, we've gone through the data. We figured out that people actually are more productive when working from home. Maybe we'll just let you do it. No, some businesses. Yes. A lot of businesses. No. And they need to have, they, they needed to have their hand forced. Mm. Um, and, and, and in that instance, I would say COVID is the leader because for a lot of businesses, I would say that, you know, leadership yeah. is, is, can be somewhat like man yeah, management skills. You, excellent. You, yeah. And you mentioned, you mentioned comfort zone and it's yeah. very interesting because I think change, uh, involves, uh, a lot of, um, change of our comfort. And if you change your, your comfort, it's energy and change is always energy and we don't like to to do that use energy because we are tired or or i don't know why but yeah. It, it, yeah. it's good to know that that changes always involves uh energy i, I would we are so uh, comfortable i i this goes back to this freaking beliefs become um uh, convictions I, I i would argue that we're not all tired we just tell ourselves that we're tired so much that it becomes a conviction that we're tired and i think people have the energy to change i just think as you're saying people like to be comfortable um, and that's across the board with everything and i think that's why businesses are, are sometimes slow to change i think that's why i found the aspect of what you do is change uh, management very interesting because i think change in businesses is like trying to steer uh, the Titanic away from an iceberg. It just takes a long time and you need a lot of run up and you need to- Very long time. To, to, exactly, but I do find it interesting. But yeah, I, I, I like everything. Like, I mean, I, you're talking about people perceiving that they don't have time. People perceive they don't have time because they tell themselves they don't have time. When in actual fact, they do have time. Everybody has, to, well, I mean, that's a very, uh, it, I'm speaking from a very privileged position. I understand that some people are in a different environment and different world, yeah. you don't. but. You know, a lot of people out there are sitting there going, God, you know what? I could get up. I could, you know, study for that course. I could, I hate my job. I could do this. I don't have time to do it. When in actual fact, they probably do. They just need to look at it and stop reinforcing this. It's like someone going around going, God, I'd love to do that. But and I'm understand great. things. Yeah. Someone going, I'd love to understand that, but I'm a really unstructured person. No, you're an unstructured <laughs> person because you keep telling yourself you're an unstructured person. And if you actually sat down and thought about it, there, you might actually be able to create structure in your life. Uh, and now I'm just talking to myself. But anyway, um, what so I'll can do I is, ask you? Can I ask yeah. you a last question? Yes, what go. Was the most interesting uh, point uh, from our conversation today. Uh, I, I suppose the most interesting point I find is is around this idea uh, again. And you know what? It it it's it's a prime example of what we're talking about. I found the most interesting thing to be the thing that reinforces something that I believe in already, which is oh. this idea around conviction and this idea around a, an absence of debate. And, 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 and this lack of transparency. I find those things very interesting in the mm. workplace because I, I, I'd imagine it's only get, you would think with society moving forward that things would get easier. And I could imagine it's only getting harder because people are getting more entrenched and more, it's easier for people to find a tribe. It's easier for people to find people who will agree with them and who will bound, be their echo chamber, which I would imagine makes it harder for people to change. Mm -hmm. which is why can, i find it I, interesting one yes. more last last yeah, yeah so what would be the, the most important question for yourself uh, after this conversation my i suppose the most important question i would have for myself is i i, I was i uh, well like how much i'm uh, i suppose here we go who who is my leader 
Mm. Am, am I leading this or am I being led? Am I letting external factors, my own conceptions about myself, my own belief mm. about the way the world works, dictate how I do things day to day? Or am I sitting down and being impartial and looking at things out there and saying, you know, I need to take control of this aspect. I need to do this. I need to do that. Am I sitting here telling myself I don't have time to do everything I want to do? I could well be. I would argue I don't have time. I still do all the things I want to do, but God, it feels like it's, it requires a lot of energy to get yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, and, and, and to sustain that energy, I think for a lot of people can be tiring. Um, mm. and, uh, but yeah, uh, that would be, it would make me think more about who's leading who. Well, that was Marcel. If you want to find out more about Marcel, head over to www.theimpactor.com. You are listening to the Venture Talks podcast from the Venture Business Network. You can subscribe to this podcast from wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more about the network itself, head over to www.venturenetwork.ie. If you would like your business featured on the podcast, email me at info at filmsmartpro.com. Until next time, I'm Rob Fitzhugh. Stay safe and stay connected.